Hi, I'm Beth. And I'm Jimmy. And this is our first podcast for Talk to the Hand. Are you excited, Jimmy? I am. When we sat down a few weeks ago and we were watching Top of the Pops and some of the old 90s acts, yeah. that's when we had the idea to do this. And yeah, absolutely looking forward to getting going and, and rewinding the years. Brilliant. Well, we've got our drinks. We hope you have too, your wine or your cup of tea. And let's get ready to rewind to the 90s. Jimmy, who should we talk about first? So the person we're going to talk about today is EastEnders Royalty, having appeared in the very first episode and they're still in EastEnders today. We're going to talk about Gillian Telforth, who plays Kathy Bill. Before I say anything else, though, I was shocked to find out she's 68 years old. No. 68 years old. Oh, my gosh. I need to find out what cream she uses. We're going to go through her life and her career, which all began when she was born in 1955. Welcome to your first episode of Talk to the Hand podcast. Gillian Telforth was one of five children with three sisters and a brother. Her sister is an actress, Kim Telforth, and they were born into a strict but loving close-knit family in North London. Telforth attended William Tyndale Junior School, Barnsbury Secondary School for Girls and Kingsway College for further education. After that, she went to Anna Share Theatre School in London. Then she left school and she worked as a secretary in between securing some of her minor roles. Some of these were in household name programmes such as Heidi High, Shelley, Play for Today, On Safari, Minder. Oh, yeah. yeah. We like Minder. Yeah. Sink or Swim and The Rag Trade. She also played the role of Sherry in the 1980 gangster film, The Long Good Friday. However, her big break, as you'll be well aware, Beth, came in 1985 when she appeared for the first time in the role in which she would make her name, Kathy Beale. She also struck up an off-screen romance with EastEnder Nick Berry. And she was older than him. She was. She was her, Quite his, a bit older. She was his stepmother on the programme. But you certainly have some nice memories of Nick Berry. <laughs> oh, I do. She was a very lucky lady. <laughs> you, didn't you even buy that terrible single he released? <laughs> I did. Do you want me to sing it? I don't think anyone wants that. <laughs> so she was with Wixie between 1985 and 1988. But then she began a relationship with Jeff Knight in the late 1980s. And we're going to hear more about that relationship as we work through the story. Oh, yes. The couple had their first child, a daughter, in 1992. In 1996, she suffered a miscarriage. And less than a year later, the doctors told her the baby she was carrying had severe abnormalities. And she was advised to terminate the pregnancy. Oh, you see, that is really sad. It's a difficult dilemma. And Mm -hmm. unless you're in that position, I think it's it's very difficult to make a judgment. Oh, totally. And also... Could you imagine going through something like that, but also then having your job, high-profile job, to have to deal with it? Absolutely. And I guess that's some of the challenges that comes with being in the public eye, Mm. some of the stuff that perhaps Mm. we don't always appreciate. No, no. Well, there was some controversy in 1994, and this is one of the the aspects of the story that's the most, um, perhaps, lewd. Yes. So... Gillian sued the Sun newspaper after they'd run a story a year or two previous to that, which said that she performed sexual acts with Jeff Knights in their Range Rover on a slip road on the A1. So it was her husband? It was, Well, they were never married. No, but her long-term partner. It was her long-term partner. Right. But 
Um, the police were involved at the time, but it wasn't a criminal matter as such. What had happened is the Sun and a couple of other newspapers had printed the story that she was basically giving oral sex mm. to Jeff on the side of the road. Mm. And it was her who took umbrage with that. So, she, so the court case was her suing the Sun newspaper about the fact that they printed a story which she claimed was not true. Okay. So uh, in a rather creative defence... Talford claimed that Knights had had an acute attack of pancreatitis and that he'd undone his trousers for comfort and she was massaging his stomach to ease the pain. At, at the side of a road? At the side of the A1. Could they not just drive home really quick? Well, no, he was in a lot of pain, so I had to undo his trousers and have his stomach <laughs> massaged. Did she really seriously think that people would... Oh, yeah, OK, fair enough. Yeah, we were wrong. We weren't doing that. She must have done, but perhaps what she didn't appreciate was that PC Terence Talbot disagreed with that version of events and said to the court that she was indeed giving Jeff Knight's oral sex on the side of the road as he approached the vehicle. Mm. Now, the court case was difficult. Can I just say something? You know, obviously, he's the PC is, has seen it. Her giving oral sex is going to be different to massaging... The area you wouldn't massage an area with your mouth, but perhaps you? you would use your hands to massage. And so there wouldn't really be any reason for face, head to be lower down, would there? I have to be honest. At this point, I, I think it was probably a mistake for her to to take the case to court. Yeah. But really, I don't have any real strong feelings about the fact that she was doing that on the side of the road if she was mm. bending down whether it was massaging or something else she was out of sight she wasn't harming anyone else they were in a relationship i i don't think it was that big a deal which is mm. perhaps a bit confusing as to why she took it to court understandably perhaps she was in the public eye and she felt it was damaging to her reputation mm. and perhaps that was her reasoning but the court case was difficult for her particularly when the Sun's Defence Counsel, George Carman QC, entered into evidence a 35-minute home video of Telforth suggestively posing with a large sausage, and also her graphically simulating masturbation with a wine bottle. So that was obviously in the court case and therefore reported on outside of the court case. But how did they get hold of that? I've no idea, but obviously uh, the Sun have ways and means of getting hold of information, as we know in the okay, past. Okay, but why is she doing that? Why is the videos? Who sent the videos? Well, Something like that. If you're recording yourself in your house doing that, you're either sent, you know, you're sending it to a boyfriend or your husband or whatever. How on earth did they get hold of that? I've no idea, but they also had her on camera uh, boasting that she gave good head. Okay. But I, again, it's a difficult one. Mm. It's possibly embarrassing for her given the role she is, but is any of that really... Mm. Do you th I, I think, personally, she might have been better to hold her hand up and said, yeah, we did it, we, you know, we did it, side of the road, we just fancied it and we just did it. And I think people would have been like, oh, okay. Some people would have been fair play to her. The guy would have been like, yeah, I wish my wife would do that more often. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. Well... The jury returned a 10-2 to 2 majority verdict in favour of the son, after which Talforth collapsed and was taken away by an ambulance. A spokesman said she was fit and well by the time she left, but she looked badly shaken. After she'd been helped from the court, Mr Justice Drake ruled that she and Knights must pay the entire, wait for it, £500,000 cost of the 11-day hearing, 
That was £500,000 wow. in 1994. Mm. Soon after that, she wrote an autobiography entitled Kathy and Me in 1995. And she remained on EastEnders until 1998, so they supported her after it, said it didn't affect her position on the show. But in 1998, she made the decision to move on. Now, during that original stint in EastEnders, because she had a break, and obviously, as we know, she comes later back into the story. But during that original stint, she'd been involved in storylines that included rape, domestic violence, teenage pregnancy, divorce, alcoholism, and meningitis. So quite a a range of deep (laughs) stories to dive into there. Mm. Now, she returned to Albert Square briefly between 1999 and 2000 as part of a storyline that saw Ross Kemp leave the show. And on a personal note, she had her second child in 1999 as well. Mm. Now, she then took a role as Jackie Pascoe Webb in ITV's television drama Footballers Wives. Yeah. Did you watch it? Chardonnay. Chardonnay. And... Uh, Chardonnay and um, uh, the guy Gary Lucy. Gary Lucy. Gary Lucy. Yeah, yeah, that was a good show. That was good. Well, unlike Gary Lucy, who I think left after one season, Julian Terrell stayed for all five series of the show. And in one particular scene where she had sex in a snooker table with one of the mm. other characters, um, it made it into Channel 4's program where they did a poll for the hundreds greatest sexy moments on TV. So she did become quite notorious for that particular for that. scene. Mm-hmm. Although this aspect of the story, she wasn't in EastEnders 4. In 2006, it was stated in the programme that the character had died in a car crash in South Africa. Now, Telforth was disappointed by this as she didn't like the thought of being killed off. And she'd always thought maybe at some point she would return. But while being killed off on one show, she was busy playing Mandy Searle in the comedy drama Jane Hall. And that same year, she joined legendary show The Bill, playing Sergeant Nikki Wright. And she stayed there in 2008. I have to say, The Bill is a, a programme that I wish mm. was still going on Wait, today. Yeah, it needs to come back. It needs to come back. Who do we need to write to to get, you know, come on, we need that. We is need it, it to come back. Is that one of your famous letters that you never actually oh, yeah. go on to write? Yeah, I should email now, I suppose. So the next stop was the sixth series of Strictly Come Dancing, where she was teamed up with Anton Dubeck. She was voted off in week two. But to her credit, it transpired that she'd actually torn her knee ligaments, but carried on anyway. So she tore her knee ligaments while she was doing the training for the show, but carried on and went forward to do the dancing anyway. But she did get voted off in this uh, week two of the show. In 2009, the Daily Mirror reported that Talforth had left Jeff Knight's. He was accused of being physically violent to her throughout their relationship. Mm. Again, again, that bit, that's what you don't hear about, is it, when they're in the public eye. And all those storylines she did in EastEnders, that actually, that's sad if some of it was quite close to home. Well, it was believed at the time that they were going through courts to decide on custody of their two children. But Knights had previously been accused of hitting Gillian in an attack in front of one of their children three years before that. He was said to have hit her so hard that he that she smashed her skull on the table. He was arrested, but was released with a caution after she refused to press charges. And a year before that incident, she temporarily kicked him out of the home after he cheated on her with a barmaid. At the time when they did eventually go on to split, they'd been engaged for 18 years. Oh, yeah, that's not happening, is it? Now, Gillian did admit that the decision to split wasn't easy, as in her words, you don't just stop having feelings for someone. She said there wasn't really a catalyst for the split, but they just argued too much. 
She said that they both had fiery personalities and often clashed. Now, she did make the point of saying that she's sometimes portrayed as the victim, but that it wasn't like that. What she actually said was, I'm feisty and I do answer back. Yeah, but that doesn't, that's no excuse. I have to say, when I, when I read that, yeah. I, I kind of, it felt like the sort of thing that a victim would say. You know, oh, well, I answered him back. So it, it did feel a bit wrong. But then mm. I did look at her at 68 years of age and thought, well, actually, she did grow up in a different time to the one we did. I'm not saying yeah. it's right. It's no, absolutely no, no. not. But you're right, you're right. Her visions of a, 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 perhaps a woman's role in the home at that mm. time was probably mm. different. Yeah. So a couple of years later, uh, having done some small roles in shows like Casualty, Telforth stepped into the theatre tour, Mum's the Word, and she spent the festive periods taking part in pantomimes, which is something that a lot of the EastEnders stars have done over the years. She did say publicly in 2013 that it was a mistake to kill her off, and she said she would be interested in coming back from the dead. Now, we know that wouldn't be the first time that's happened in EastEnders. However, her next stop would be the 11th series of Celebrity Big Brother, and she was fourth to get the boot after only 15 days. So she doesn't seem to be doing too well in the reality shows. She came bouncing back one month later after joining Hollyoaks as Sandy Roscoe and played the part for a year before leaving to spend more time with family. Yeah, yeah. I vaguely remember that I was still watching Hollyoaks then. And um, what year was that? That would have been in 2013. Yeah. Now, that same year, Gillian was in a relationship with a man called David Fairbairn, who the tabloid press described as once being... Britain's biggest ecstasy drug baron. Oh my God. Out of the frying yes. pan into the fire. <laughs> so in 2003, oh Fairburn was convicted at Bristol Crown Court of plotting to import Class A drugs following the, drug, the biggest drugs raid in history after cops found 839 500 ecstasy tablets worth an estimated seven and a half million at a Gloucestershire warehouse. He was sentenced to 15 years, but only served seven. Oh, my gosh. So the pair made the papers after Gillian and Fairburn were pulled over on the M6 as they returned from a birthday party. Fairburn was arrested on suspicion of drink driving and then resisting arrest as he allegedly tried to fend them off. He was later acquitted of assault. That same year, Talforth's ex, Jeff Knight, was in court, charged with breaching a ban on contacting her. He was alleged to have made calls to her in which, in which at least one he was abusive. Knight was banned from getting in touch with his ex after they split in 2009, with all contact regarding the children to be made via solicitors. Oh, That's really hard, is isn't sad. it? It is sad. Like every time you want to arrange something to do with your own children, you have it, to go through solicitors. Just... But I suppose the, the things that he'd got up to during their relationship made that a, mm. a necessity. Mm. So he denied the charges, but meanwhile, Gillian was not in court and was busy getting engaged for the second time, this time to David Fairburn. Jeff Knight never actually made it to trial as he passed away from stomach cancer in the November of that same year. A year later, for a Children in Need special, Gillian went on to play Kathy when on-screen son Ian Beale knocks his head and sees visions of all the women linked with him in the show who had died. Telforth briefly reprised the role of Sandy and Hollyoaks in December 2014, but didn't stay long. But in 2015, in a bit of a surprise, she reappeared as Kathy Bill in a live segment of a 30th anniversary episode. It turned out, in true EastEnders style, that she hadn't died at all. Instead, 
She'd faked her own death in South Africa. (laughs) (laughs) Only EastEnders. She'd made a guest appearance on the show later that year and returned three months after that as a regular cast member. Now, Telfort split from David Fairborn, her fiancé, after six years together in late 2019, after their relationship came under strain following a string of disagreements. They remained close, but what happened next was almost like a scene from EastEnders. In July 2020, Dave was shot at close range in Enfield, North London, after he confronted gangsters threatening to burn down Gillian's house. So the gangsters had come to Gillian's house and were going to burn it down, and he confronted them. That's what was reported at the time, yes. Oh, my God. He had been told that there were people willing to target Tailforth to get him. He was lucky, uh, as the bullet missed major organs and he had surgery to remove the bullet. At the time, though, and this is where it gets interesting... Mm. Tell me, tell me. Fairburn was on police bail over an alleged cannabis factory at his home. In the April of that year, which was three months before he was shot, police had found a revolver-type handgun along with ammunition in his home as well. A taser was also recovered. In a barn next to his home, there were 1,033 cannabis plants worth £867,000. Fairburn was charged with several offences, including five counts of possession of firearms and driving while disqualified. He was also charged by the Metropolitan Police for perverting the course of justice. Now, later that year, it went to court and he was found guilty and he was sentenced to eight years in prison. It was then revealed about the shooting in July. After he'd gone to prison? After he'd gone to prison. Well, at that point, the information was already known by the police, but it was only at that stage that they spoke about it. I guess while the case was in court, they couldn't talk publicly about it. Confidentiality, yeah. So although he claimed to have been shot by two gunmen multiple times, witnesses, the ones who had actually gone to help him after the shooting, they'd not heard any gunshots. After police initially arrested two men on suspicion of attempted murder, the police themselves became suspicious when Mr Fairburn gave conflicting accounts of what had happened. After a lengthy investigation, Fairburn was found to have lied about the events and used it as a way of distancing himself from the drugs and possessions of weapons charges. Mm. The two men that were arrested were released without charge. So essentially what the police were saying was that he'd perhaps shot himself or got somebody to shoot him, something along those lines, but that it wasn't the story he'd given that linked Gillian Tailforth to these events. There wasn't someone going to burn a house down or anything like that. The police's side of it is that he used that as a way of trying to smoke screen the charges that had come earlier on in April. That takes us up to the present day. Terraforth seems to be enjoying life again. She's back in the thick of the storylines in EastEnders. And last year, she gave an interview to The Express in which she said, age is just a number. And as long as I'm fit and healthy and enjoying myself, I'm happy. She does Zumba classes three or four times a week, has a home gym and an incredibly healthy diet, which I think, as we talked about earlier on, has led to her being in the condition that she's in at this stage of her life. So that's the remarkable and busy life story of Gillian Tailforth. Ah, It's so good to go back and and just think of her from obviously the 1955, right through to obviously the stuff we remember the East End. Forgot she was in Hollyoaks and I remember, remember that now. And that's, yeah. And then obviously to have that turbulent personal life going on with the two kids um, and to obviously be in the spotlight as well. 
and to have it all and then obviously the drug the, oh, the no the, I, the drug the drug guy no, I, I no. but she must she must attract them or she, I think more likely she's attracted to, to them. them. Yeah, yeah, true. she likes the bad guy. Seriously, how much weed? How much weed was in? How much weed was in there? Well, there was one thousand and thirty-three <laughs> cannabis plants. Oh my gosh! So uh, it's fair to say that's a bit more than personal use. Yeah, a bit more, ever so slightly. But I think you're right. I think she she's gone through a lot in her life. Yes, she 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 obviously had a liking for the bad guy. Um, over the years, I think. She's probably been harmed more than that by yeah. than by any anyone else or anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I guess you can't help who you're attracted to, as, no. as you've obviously suffered from. <laughs> so um, that's the story of Julian Telforth. And that brings us to the end of our first episode of Talk to the Hand podcast. Do you think you'll do it again? Oh, yeah. So we look forward to who we're going to have on the next episode, who our subject of episode two will be. But we really hope you've all enjoyed listening. Mm, we do and I hope you've enjoyed your wine and your tea I've got through my glass so I'll be doing a top up thanks very much for listening to us please make sure you do subscribe and if you get the opportunity to follow us on Twitter where you can find us on at talk to the hands pod with the two in the talk to the hand pod being the number rather than the word thank you very much for joining us today and we look forward to seeing you on our next episode until then talk talk to to the the hand. hand